Let me see your identification. You don't need to see his identification. We don't need to see his identification. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. He can go about his business. You can go about your business. Move along. Move along. Move along. Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, and do not worry, we are going to explain why I played that clip in a little bit, which, by the way, I do kind of like playing something before the theme music kicks in. I, You know who does that? The Ruthless Podcast does that. And I mean, obviously, this is something that's been that's happened in radio and podcasting before, and I kind of like it, though. Like, maybe I'll start introducing some things or trying to say something funny when the show begins, if that's even possible. So I might I might continue. This is two in a row where I played a clip before the start of the show. I kind of like it. Kind of like it. So we're going to get to that why I played that clip here in just a little bit. But we're going to start with the latest reports from CoreLogic. Not no no not that one not uh, Case Shiller I'm talking about the CoreLogic Home Price Index. It's usually the first housing report that we get at the start of the month. I know you could say construction, the construction numbers from the Census Bureau that we get really early in the month, but this is the first looking at home prices. This is the first report that we get, and not surprisingly, yeah, home prices were up. Of course, of course they were up. But here's the thing: this is what was fascinating. The price, or I should say the rate of growth, was higher in August than it was in July. And this is important because we've slowly been seeing some data, some metrics here and there that have been showing that things are starting to cool. Now, we're not going to see a collapse in prices, but at some point, you'd think we'd be seeing a cooling in the year-over-year appreciation. And once again, no evidence of that. Now, maybe you could say, well, the... The rate at which it's growing over the prior month, okay, maybe. But like I said, it was up year over year. In fact, CoreLogic says that home prices increased by 18.1% in August of 2021. That is the largest annual gain in home prices in the 45-year history of the CoreLogic Home Price Index. It's going to slow at some point, right? It has to, right? Economics tells us it has to. Nationwide, home prices increased by 1.3% month over month. And I guess we can look at what's going to happen going forward. The CoreLogic HPI forecast, which has not been accurate at all, at least with regards to month to month, they are saying that we're only going to see a 0.3% gain in September. Now, if that's true, then yeah we would start to see some of that cooling. But they've been wrong for at least the last five or six months. Uh, They are projecting a year-over-year increase. So in August of 2022, we'll see 2.2% appreciation, which is crazy because like right now we're seing almost (laughs) 2.2% month over month. And and, and the thing is, I don't think that's entirely wrong. At some point, we're going to see some cooling. And then when it cools, I think we're going to enter kind of an ice age with regards to home prices. Now, when we start that, I don't know. <laughs> you think we'd start seeing some evidence still 
on the up and up. Dr. Frank Nothaft, chief economist for CoreLogic, said home prices will continue to rise as inventory levels remain low, saying, quote, home prices continue to escalate at a torrid pace as a broad spectrum of buyers drive demand for a limited supply of homes. We expect to see this trend of strong price gains continue indefinitely with large amounts of capital chasing too few assets. And here's something interesting. So we have talked about a lot of these reports in the past have shown the South in the Midwest have seen some of the biggest price jumps year over year. However, in this report, it's all in the West, at least the top five, every single market, the top five, the West region. That's where they are. Uh, leading the way was Idaho with 32.2% home appreciation year over year. 32.2%. Uh, they were followed by Arizona with 29.5% growth. Utah was number three at 26.2%, followed by Montana at 24.4%, and Nevada up 22.7%. So that was that I thought was interesting because in a lot of these reports we have seen the South in the mid in the Midwest kind of leading the way, and now all of a sudden the West takes clean sweep, top five all in the West region. So we'll see later this month we're going to have the big core logic report, uh, the Case Schiller report, and many like Bill McBride have said that we are finally going to start to see some cooling. Remember, not a crash. Prices aren't going to go down, but we're going to start seeing slowing growth. And this report's telling us, well, not yet. So we'll see what happens later this month. Now, the Fed, as we all know, speaking of prices increasing, we know that inflation has a lot of people concerned. And the Fed has consistently told us, don't worry, this inflation that we're seeing, it's transitory, have no fear. And that's why I played the clip earlier at the start, the podcast, because that's who the Fed reminds me of is Obi. Is it Obi-Wan Kenobi? Because I actually have never seen, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. People are going to not listen to my podcast anymore. And I'm going to take that risk. Um, I've never seen the original Star Wars, or if I have, it's been so long. I don't know. I'm assuming that old guy is, is he's Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? And there's that great scene where he's like, these are not the drones, you're droids. You're, <laughs> these are not the droids. See, I'm, I'm, I'm living in 2021, so I want to say drones. These are not the droids that you are looking for. <laughs> and I feel like the Fed and all the different presidents across the country are trying to play this sort of Jedi trick on us and get us to believe that this is not the inflation that we are seeing. This is not the inflation that you are looking for. But the Fed's not backing down, and they may be the only ones that are still making this argument. Now, I still do believe that we are going to see some that inflation is going to break at some point and that prices are going to drop. Do I believe that it's going to fall under the target rate? Eh, I don't know. But that's what Fed President or Chicago Fed President Charles Evans told CNBC yesterday that he sees inflation falling below the central bank's 2% target after this current 
rise subsides. Like I said, he told CNBC, quote, I'm comfortable in thinking that these elevated prices that they will be coming down as supply bottlenecks are addressed. I think it could be longer than we were expecting. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. But I think the continuing increase in these prices is unlikely. Now, this leads to the other question was, well, when does something stop being transitory and start becoming permanent? Like, we don't know what that definition is. So if after three years, prices do drop, was that transitory? (laughs) I mean, I think by most people's definition, that would be the case. And the reason that the Fed seems to be the only one making this argument is that the PCE index, which of course is the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, showed last week, we got the data for the month prior, and it showed a 30-year high. It was up 0.3% for the month and was up 3.6% year over year. Now, these rising prices clearly are having an impact because at the end of September, a Pew Research poll found that a majority of adults, 63%, say they are very concerned about rising prices for food and consumer goods. Now, I've said this before, and I will continue to make the argument, or I'll continue to quote, I should say, Milton Friedman, who famously said that, quote, inflation is everywhere and always a monetary phenomenon. I don't know why I said monetary that way. I don't know why I broke it broke it up into two like words, but I did. Monetary phenomenon. That's not how Milton Friedman said it. Evans argues that it's actually not a monetary problem. He's arguing... It's a supply issue and that all these supply chain problems are what is causing. And then once we fix that, everything is going to be good to go. Unfortunately, William Gaston at the Wall Street Journal isn't so sure. In fact, he wrote a op-ed in the journal last week that argued, quote, if structural changes turn out to be the main cause, Americans shouldn't expect the consequences to be transitory. And so here you have Gaston writing in the Wall Street Journal. Listen, I think it's supply chain too, but that if that is the case, it's not going to be transitory. There are fundamental problems with our supply chain that if that is the case, these higher prices are here to stay. Meanwhile, you got the Fed president, Charles Evans, saying, actually, if it is the supply chain, we're good to go. Then it is going to be transitory. So we got multiple debates happening at the same time. We got, is it infl- is inflation transitory or is it permanent? Is it monetary policy? Is it supply chain failures? And then if it is supply chain failures, is it easily fixed, meaning it is transitory? Or do we have a long-term problem on our hands, meaning prices are going to stay elevated? Now, we will have answers to all of these questions soon enough, like maybe I guess in three years, if it drops, we'll still be told, see, it was transitory. We were right. <laughs> However, we do know where the Fed stands and they still believe it is transitory. And I, like I said, I somewhat agree with the Fed. I do believe we are going to see a pullback on prices once we deal with the labor shortage, once we deal with supply chain issues, and hopefully Washington doesn't spend a bunch of money putting more money out there when we don't need it to be, therefore making it a monetary situation. So all those three things, we just got to solve that and we're good to go. Simple, 
So easy to take care of. Now, speaking of global issues, well, actually, have we mentioned anything about, well, I guess supply chain's kind of global related. So there you go. There, There's my transition. Supply chain issues are actually also creating an issue with regards to the trade deficit. When we got the data from that yesterday from the Census Bureau that showed the trade deficit in August, jumped 4.2% from the previous month to $73.3 billion. Now, this goods deficit increased $1.6 billion, while the service supply actually decreased $1.4 billion. That's where you get your $3 billion increase. If you can't do the math, luckily I have the numbers in front of me. Uh, The increase in the deficit was driven entirely by an increase in exports. Overall increased by about 0.5% in August to 213 billion as exports of goods increased 1.1 billion and exports of services decreased 0.1 billion. Imports did increase but only 1.4% to $287 billion. Imports of goods increased $2.7 billion, and imports of services increased $1.3 billion. So this was led by imports. We're not exporting as much. And in case you're wondering, that $73 billion is a large number. In fact, this monthly deficit was the highest on record edging out the previous high that we saw just a few months ago in June. Now, Jeffrey Bartwash, economics reporter at MarketWatch, says the expanding trade deficit says more about the world economy than it does about ours. Saying in a tweet, the U.S. trade deficit rose to a record $73.3 billion. The trade gap on track to hit another all-time high in 2021. Imports have soared because of a strong U.S. economy, but exports have lagged because the rest of the world hasn't caught up. So a lot of people are going to blame domestic issues and say, well, you know, but Joe Biden's not as concerned about the trade deficit as, say, Trump was, even though it should be noted. And I was reading about this today. Scott Lincecum had a tweet about this, that these tariffs that Trump put in place are still in place. <laughs> like Joe Biden didn't get rid of them. Uh, Lindsey Cohn was arguing that Biden is a tariff man too. And in some cases, the tariffs are actually higher in some cases. So don't think that this has anything to do with domestic policy. I mean, you could make the argument. Uh, it'd be wrong though. This, I do agree with Bart Walsh. This do has, has a lot more to do with what's happening globally in these other countries that are still, that are still dealing with COVID massively. And I know we're still dealing with it and it's still a problem for our economy, but it's much worse in some other places. And that's impacting the demand for U.S. goods all across the globe. All right. Wrapped it all together. We got to go. You guys enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. We'll be back here Thursday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And don't forget, do not wait to buy real estate, you buy real estate and wait.